Toyota versus electric vehicle extremists. Who is right? Welcome to the Valuation Masterclass case study, where you'll learn about interesting stocks and how to value them. What's interesting about Toyota is that if you buy today, you get its future growth for free. Welcome to the Become a Better Investor community. My name is Andrew Stotts, and I saw an interesting situation with Toyota's share price. And so I work with my valuation masterclass team and students, and I looked at the company. And so I thought it'd be worth going over some of the details. So let's get started. Remember, this is not investment advice or a recommendation. And this report has been created with the support of valuation masterclass graduates, Chris Moman and Pete. So let's look at it. The question is, the right time to buy Toyota might be now. Let's look at it. Toyota's share price is up about 17% from pre-COVID, so 2019 days, much better than General Motors, which is down 48%, but not as strong as Ford and Mercedes-Benz, which are up 35% from pre-COVID days. Now, the share price is now trading at book value, and I see about a 40% upside using a DCF-based valuation based on a whack of about 6.4% and a terminal growth of only 1%. So, the highlights of this story is that the internal combustion engine vehicles are not going away, and that's providing ongoing revenue support for Toyota and the other car makers. Also, hybrid and hydrogen leadership and more EVs coming could prove critics wrong who are very skeptical about Toyota's commitment to electric future. And number three is negative sentiment is pressuring the share price. But at one time's price to book, it might be the time to buy. Now, what are the risks? Well, a looming recession in the U.S., failure to adapt to the industry trends, soaring raw material prices, and concentration of suppliers. So remember that Toyota is a world-leading Japanese manufacturer, automaker. It also finances some of its customers through its finance arm. And the company sells its vehicles in 200 countries and regions, with main markets being Japan, North America, Europe, and Asia. It truly is a global company. In 2022, the company produced 10.6 million vehicles and topped the ranking of the world's largest car brands with a market share of around 11.5. Now, why do I think it's an interesting time now? Well, this is a global car brand, one of the leading brands in the world, trading at one time's price to book. You want to buy a brand like Hermes as an example right now, you may be paying 10 times price to book. So let's talk about the first point that I made, which is internal combustion engine vehicles are not going away, and that could provide ongoing revenue support. So Toyota is the world's largest car manufacturer when ranked by a composite of market cap, revenue, and employees. And the company's been a leader in alternative energy solutions such as hybrids and hydrogen power vehicles. And the prior president has said that the company will not simply repeat the approach of other companies when it comes to electric vehicles. Toyota points out the limited battery range, scarcity of lithium resources, lack of charging network, and consumer preferences towards internal combustion engines. And also, developing markets in South America, Asia, where I am here in Thailand and Africa, could be decades away from having the infrastructure needed to implement a massive electric vehicle rollout. And Toyota is well positioned to grow with these markets. So over the next five years, I expect that Toyota will return to its pre-pandemic average revenue growth of about 6.9%. Now let's talk about the hybrid and hydrogen leadership and more EVs coming. 
Toyota is a pioneer in the mass production of hybrid technology, meaning electric and gas or petrol, having rolled out its hybrid Pyrus, Prius, not Pyrus, <laughs> Prius model in 1997. I remember when that came out and since selling more than 5 million of those Priuses. Currently, hybrids account for about 27% of total vehicle sales. And Toyota is pushing ahead with its hydrogen-powered cars, currently selling its Mirai model that's out on the streets right now. And of course, hydrogen has some real benefits, but it hasn't gotten full adoption. So the most number of hydrogen stations are in Japan and also in California. That doesn't mean it can't work. It just means that it's at early stage. Now, the beaten down share price is some evidence that observers expect the company's hydrogen offerings will eventually fail. But there is promise for the technology, and an investor could consider Toyota's hydrogen to have an option value, meaning, okay, they've invested a lot of money. It's already in the price. So if you buy in now, you've got this investment in hydrogen. If it works, there's a big upside. If it doesn't work, it's a write-off. It's worth zero. Now, of course, Toyota has not turned its back on electric vehicles, recently announcing plans to invest about 70 billion US dollars in electrifying part of its fleet by 2030. And we appreciate Toyota's diversified approach to transition to more carbon neutral cars and expect total capex spending of about 12 trillion Japanese yen over the next few years. Now, the final point that I would make about Toyota is that negative sentiment is pressuring price, but at one time's price to book, it might be time to buy. The sector is unfavorable, right? Because we've got recession fears, particularly in the US. As well, investors doubt Toyota's unconventional EV policy and its ability to defend its position as the world's largest car maker. The company's price to book has dropped below one time, which is one standard deviation below its long-term average with an average net margin of about 7.8%, which is fantastic for a car maker over the past five years. Toyota is among the most profitable automobile companies in the world. So I believe that the negative sentiment has been too punishing and the stock deserves a re-rating. Now, if you want to learn more about Toyota, you can download this chart deck for free by clicking on the get the PDF link at myworstinvestmentever.com or just clicking the link in the description. I'm going to skip through a couple of things, but I just want to highlight, for instance, that Toyota, 91% of Toyota's revenue is coming from automotive, 7% is financial services. Now, financial services are relatively profitable, and that's where they're basically providing financing for their customers. And also from a revenue breakdown by region, U.S. is 35% of revenue, and 26 is coming from Japan, and 18% from Asia. So what you could see is that if we get a recession in the U.S., then we could see car demand fall. It's a consumer discretionary item, meaning it could be put off. And that's part of the reason, I believe, why the share price is down now at one times price to book. Now, if I look at the company's FVMR, Fundamentals Valuation Momentum and Risk Ranking, it doesn't look too great. Its fundamentals aren't super strong when compared to 2,300 non-financial companies. It's not super cheap, and Japan is a relatively cheap market. So even though it's trading on less than book value and PE of about 11 times, it's still relatively expensive in Japan. And then momentum is kind of choppy when it comes to revenue and earnings momentum and price change has been low. And finally, debt levels are, I wouldn't say they're high, but I would say that they're at about 0.7 net debt to equity. And times interest earns is very, very high because interest rates are so low in Japan.
Now, I use a world-class benchmarking scorecard that I do on every company in the world, both listed and unlisted. And I do a ranking from one to 10. And one is best, 10 is worst. And what you can see is from a profitable growth ranking, the company has been falling in 2021. They were at five, then they went to six in 2022, and now they're at seven. So both on a profitability front and a growth front, they're under some pressure. Now we do see that revenue growth has started to accelerate and moving to an above average level of revenue growth relative to 930 large consumer discretionary companies worldwide. So there is some recovery happening in revenue. Also for my forecast, I basically kept revenue flat for the next three years. So I'm not expecting any huge moves, but will slowly come out after that. I'm also expecting that Toyota is going to have to continue to spend and do more CapEx. And also, if I look at the effective interest rate, I'm expecting the effective interest rate to go from about 0.2, which is what has been in Japan, 0.1 or 0.2, up to 0.5, then 0.7, and 1% by the end of 2025. So I am expecting an increase in interest rates. And then the net profit margin is currently about 9.1 in 2022, which I would say was exceptionally great. And I'm bringing that down to 7.2 by the time we get to 2025. So I would say I'm pretty reasonable in my forecast. Remember, you can download this chart deck by clicking on the get the PDF link at myworstinvestmentever.com. There's a lot in it, or you just go to the description below. Now, about two-thirds of analysts are bullish on Toyota, and only one analyst issued a sell recommendation. And the typical target price right now has about a 21% upside. So what's interesting about Toyota is that if you buy today, you get its future growth for free. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that basically when you buy a company at one time's price to book, you're basically paying for all of the assets that are on the company's book. So the historic value of assets. And we know that many assets actually have increased in value. So you're probably paying even less than book right now. You're at about 0.9 or so. So you may even be paying 0.8 because things are at historical value. Why do people pay above a one times price to book? Because they think there's future growth. But what we can say here is when you're paying one times price to book, you don't really, you're not paying for any future growth. So you're getting all that future growth for free. So now let's look at that price to book. The trailing price to book ratio shows that Toyota's trading one time standard deviation below its long-term average of 1.2. And it has recently fallen below one times price to book. On the forward 2024 price to book multiple, Toyota trades at a massive discount to the consumer discretionary sector in Japan. And the gap between Asia and world is even higher, making Toyota appear pretty cheap. I expect its return on equity of about 10% to be slightly above Japanese and Asian sector averages, which leads Toyota to trade at a deep discount based on the 2024 price to ROE multiple. Now, if we were to revalue Toyota to the 2024 price to ROE multiple of Japan, the company would deserve to trade at about 1.4 times price to book. And this would lead to a value estimate of about 75% upside. So if you were valuing it only by price to book, then you would say that in this case, it is massively undervalued. But I'm not using price to book. I'm using a DCF-based valuation using free cash flow to the firm, which I'm expecting to kind of steadily rise over the next couple of years. 
And what ends up happening is that I end up coming up with a, on a free cash flow basis, I'm using a risk-free rate of 1% and a market equity risk premium for Japan of 10%. And Toyota has been performing in line with the market. Thus, I'm going to assume a beta of one. So we forecast a capital structure of about 44% debt to total capital in line with the current levels. And this results in a whack and a discount rate of 6.4%. I'm using a terminal growth rate of about 1% to come up with a free cash flow to the firm value of Toyota. Now, my base case assumes a gross margin of about 18.2. And also, I would say that based upon this, our upside is about 40%. So there are some risks that I see. The first risk is a recession in the US. The second is failure to adopt industry trends, soaring raw material prices, concentration of suppliers. And Toyota may just have a lot of negative sentiment and not be able to make hydrogen work and it's behind on its EV. There's a lot of things that you could say are negative. But to me, what's interesting about Toyota is that if you buy today, you get all of its future growth for free. And that's a company that's been around for nearly 90 years. So Toyota versus EV extremists, who's right? What do you think?